Welcome to Find the Magic, the podcast that will help you honor yourself, your kids, and your partner. We'll give you tips and strategies to create peace and authenticity within your family. We inhale a ridiculous amount of books and life tools and distill the information for you. I'm Terilyn Griffin. I'm Caitlin Gabriel. And I'm Felicia Allen. Let's find the magic together. As moms, we deal with the big emotions of our little people, not to mention our own big emotions. And I feel like it is so important to take control of your own mental health so that you can be a happier mom and so that you can raise happier kids. Uh, Right now, I am going to be real with you guys. I have a two-year-old and a new baby. My two-year-old is phasing out of naps, which is nothing short of devastating for me. And we just got rid of the binky. So there are some turbulent emotions going on in my household. Uh, you know, the baby actually seems okay, but between me and the two-year-old, there's some, there's, it's a little challenging. Um, and so something that has really helped me is something called the Mama Zen app. And you can download it from Google Play or the App Store, wherever you get your apps. And it, um, after you download it, Mama Zen creates a personalized program that fits your motherhood journey. So if you're pregnant, it can help you with that. If you have toddlers, it can help you with that. Um, it's easy to use. You just pop in your headphones, close your eyes, and listen. And something that I love is that the sessions range anywhere from two to 18 minutes long. So some of my favorite sessions is that one of them is actually the four minute de-stress session, which is so nice because sometimes in the middle of the day when I've been feeling some overwhelmed feelings of anxiety, I can just pop in my AirPods, take a listen for four minutes and I can feel my body just de-stressing. It takes you through kind of a guided meditation, which I've really, really appreciated. Another session that I really like is there, it's about a 15 minute session. It's called deep and restful sleep. And sometimes I've had trouble sleeping and this session, by the end of the session, I'm totally asleep, which has been so, so amazing. Um, So you're probably wondering like, how does it work and will it actually work for me? These are science-based techniques that will help you change how you react to your children and just help with those feelings of overwhelm and anxiety. Um, And the nice thing is that you don't have to use it daily to get results. You just use it once or twice a week and it will absolutely change your life. So this is something that I recommend to any mom friends that I have. Um, And so I really want you to try Mama Zen and see for yourself how much better you can feel as a mom. Go to the app store or Google Play and download Mama Zen today. That's Mama Zen, M-A-M-A-Z-E-N. And right now you can use promo code MAGIC and that code will unlock your free trial so you can try Mama Zen for yourself. Mama, your mental and emotional well-being is the most important thing for you and your kids and your family. Don't postpone it any longer. All right, everyone, this is Felicia. I'm going to start us off with a facepalm to start on a... I don't even know if this is a facepalm, but it came to my mind this morning. It's just something I've been thinking a lot about, and that is I feel like as my kids are getting older, I have been feeling a little more like, I guess the word is angsty about, (laughs) that's a nice word, (laughs) angsty, about like life purpose. Because when they're little, it's, well, they're still, I still have really little kids, but as my, (laughs) my, I'm moving into like a stage where some of them are, are gone a lot of the day, but, and I think the What's the right word? 
the, um, not the beauty, but like the, cause that makes it sound like I'm not having fun anymore. But the, the feeling when little kids are little, when it's like taking over your whole life and you almost can't think of anything else is starting to wear off like that fog of the little kids. And I've been thinking a lot about like, I, what, what else? Like what's after the little kid time? Cause it can feel so all encompassing tiny kids, but it's like, you know, as women and mothers, even if we're choosing to be a mom for most of our time, like we're still going to have this whole life, this huge life past caring for people 24 seven. Like that part of like caring for tiny people 24 seven is only like really, you know, seven years long. Like once your youngest is in like first grade, you have a whole daytime where it's like, what, what else do I want to do? And I have no answer to this question, but I've been feeling a little angst of like, there are a lot of things I want to do, but what, what would be the best choice for like me while still having that, you know, connection and time with my kids that I want. Anyways, that's just my face palm. Feeling a little like, what does the future hold? Mm. Angst. Mm -hmm. Existential. Existential (laughs) issues. Yep. Yes. I like it. Angsty. Angsty. Well, those are very, very good questions to be asking yourself. Yourself. Because you're saying as Wes gets bigger, because she's what, one? So you're saying you're looking into the future saying what's going to happen. Yeah. Yeah. Like what? Because I don't, I, I love the thought of like, you know, we're raising humans and that's a huge contribution, like raising really good humans. But I don't think that, I think there's a lot of people that that's just going to feel like so good. But then, so for me... I think that's a piece of what I think will be my fulfillment, but I think that there's more and I don't know what it is. It's like feeling like this little like mm-hmm. yeah. curiosity about it. Mm-hmm. I'm excited to see what you choose. Yeah. So. Should it be wonderful? <laughs> um, mine is a high five this week. So this will be our first episode of the year when it posts. Um, but right now we're in between Christmas and New Year's as we're recording. And so we just had Christmas and my high five is that this has happened the last couple years, but I think it's one of my favorite parts of Christmas. And that is my kids. I don't really, I don't tell them to get gifts for each other. I don't do really anything. I don't like take them shopping for that. I mean, they already have, they already do some other things where they're having to shop for different, like, you know secret Santa stuff they have assigned to them. So we already kind of do that, but like, I don't even bring up stuff for them and just on their own over the years, they've, you know, gone from making each other little, you know, drawing a picture for their brother or whatever. Um, but this year it was so cute. And I mean, my oldest two, they've done this now for a few years in a row, but this year again, they just blew my mind. They, it's so cute over Christmas break. They just turned into like these little secret elves and they disappeared into their, corners of the house for days and on Christmas morning I mean the stuff they came up with were these really meaningful handmade gifts like didn't cost money they just you know my oldest did art she drew she painted a painting for all of her siblings and 
my, and she did like a scavenger hunt for them to find them too. Like it wasn't just like, I mean, probably took us 15 minutes over Christmas morning, looking around the house, following her clues. Mm -hmm. And as a parent, it's just so fun. And my other, and my other daughter did like, she made us like this, it's made out of cardboard and her cute little kid handwriting, but something like it's okay to fail because you just learn or something like that. You know what I mean? I saw you post on Instagram this. Yeah. Or maybe yeah. it was Jeff. I don't remember. No, I posted on Instagram and Jeff did too. Well, I mainly took his post and just... <laughs> reposted. <laughs> yeah, reposted it. But it's just it was just so fun because I felt like it was one of my favorite parts of Christmas morning and I had nothing to do with it. You know what I mean? It was just watching my kids come out of the goodness of their hearts and come up with stuff. So it was just as fun for me to like watch the scavenger hunt and see what they came up with. Mm-hmm. And I just loved it because... I love it when your kids do something that you feel like is a good thing, but that you didn't, there was no extrinsic, like I didn't have to push it. Cause I feel like so much of a, as parents, you know, we're asking them, you know, remember we do this. Remember we're trying to teach them so many things. So when they just do beautiful things on their own, it's really rewarding. So that's my high five to my kids for being wonderful gift givers. Yeah. That was fun to see on Instagram. Like, Lydia's paintings and anyway that was really cute mm-hmm. I love that um okay so mine is also a high five um so we we did an episode a little while back about the four tendencies by Gretchen Rubin and mine was the oh my gosh obliger thank you okay wow I like went blank on what so typically I feel like so so yeah I'm a obliger which some things that really help me to be motivated and get things done is having like some accountability with other people because I think like that just like helps me. And so something that me and Cam started a while ago, um, it's been a few months now, but it's actually been really successful for me. So I'm sharing this because for any of you other people that are also motivated by this kind of thing. Um, I mean, I think honestly it works for any, anybody, no matter what tendency you are, but we got this little whiteboard just off of Amazon and I'll post the link to, the one that we use. Um, but we got it. And then I just keep it in our master bath. So we see it, you know, in the morning when we're getting ready for the day. And then obviously at the end of the day, when we're getting ready to go to bed and it's nice because then, um, we've written on it. So like we have like three to four goals for each of us that we're working on, you know? And then, so it's like for Caitlin, it has like my thing. So it's like, I have certain things that I really want to get done. Um, or that I'm trying to work on. Cam has the same thing. And then we each have, then we have like some couple goals that we have. And the couple goals are actually more like weekly things. So it's more like checking off that we did them during the week. But um, it's good because Cameron is really good at remembering to like talk about it at night. So he's like, hey, like, how'd you do on these things? And it's helpful for me because I know throughout the day, I'm like, not that he's asking me like as like taskmaster. It's just like, hey, like, how did we do on like the accountability? Part. Yeah, exactly. And so it's really nice because it helps me to do those things during the day because <laughs> because he like, I know he's going to, we're going to talk about it that night. And so it's been so good because it's helped me to be really successful at my goals. And so then as I accomplish them, then it's nice because, and because it's just on a whiteboard, it's really easy because then weekly when we kind of do our weekly planning, I can be like, hey, like, I actually think I'm good on this goal. And like, I can, it's like very easy, fluid for us to like change them up. Mm-hmm. So that has been awesome. So I'm sharing this now because I know this is going to post on the new year and it's been super easy. And I think it's going to be a good system for us to kind of like maintain our goals and like to kind of be involved in each other's like accomplishments and like what we're working on. So it's been really fun. I like that. Yeah. What's Cam? What's his tendency? 
he's kind of more of a questioner. Now I'm like trying to remember what they all are. All of a sudden, like my mind is going a blank. Boulder questioner, obliger, rebel. Yeah, I think he's got a slight bit of rebel to him, but yeah, I think he's probably more of a questioner. Which oftentimes questioner and rebel like. She, Gretchen Rubin said it's hard to tell the difference sometimes depending on people's personalities. Yeah. Mm. But I was laughing when Kayla was talking because I'm a rebel and I can think of nothing that would motivate me less than have someone (laughs) checking to see if I was doing and implying I should be doing certain things yeah that's so this is probably not for you if this is <laughs> and i just do want to be clear it's not like it's like did you do these things right, it's just right. like we just have a conversation about it, it. yeah <laughs> yeah but a rebel would be like why you tell me what to do yeah don't, oh you don't. think i should maybe be doing that yeah. did i commit to that <laughs> yeah oh this is funny. you can't make me <laughs> and neither can, can i, I. <laughs> did i say i do that never mind <laughs> i'm out oh that's funny i love it all right so New Year's, we wanted to do an episode that um, motivates you for the new year, but we didn't want to load a lot on anybody's plate because sometimes the new year can feel like a little much. And so we decided we wanted to share some uh, some tried, tried and true, tested over time, never going away things that um, can focus us in the new year and maybe just like a good reminder of things that um, can help us live more well-rounded. So probably things you've heard, but just a good refresh and help you recommit. Instead of giving you something new and like, oh my gosh, this is a big thing. Mm -hmm. We're hoping that by giving you these kind of classics, you're able to choose something that resonates with you today and either recommit or it's kind of more of a, we're going for our whole life being consistent instead of this wave that sometimes happens at the new year where all of a sudden you have the spike of progress or goals and then it just disappears. We're trying, kind of the goal of this episode is can we make our lives a little bit more steady? Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. More can grounded. We, can we have it be just a recentering mm-hmm. and yeah. see if that works for you? Yeah. And we've, we have some practices that for each of us have, have withstood the test of time that really help us to be in a, healthier, cleaner space, both mentally, spiritually, physically. Mm-hmm. And we'll post, we have several other, because guys, this is this is going to be our third year. Woo. Crazy. Which is amazing. So I'll also link our past um, New Year's episodes that do have kind of more like big yep. new practices. Yeah. But we have yeah, our three areas. So our first area today is going to be mental. So when it comes to mentally grounding ourselves and being consistent and being mentally healthy. There's so many good things. Mental health though is one of those things, the more I've lived and talked to my friends and seen people's life experiences, I think mental health is one of those things. It's like, well, it's like we're going to talk about physical and spiritual health, but either one of those, when you're not mentally healthy, it makes everything else seem not important because it's like well I can't even I'm not even feeling happy I'm not feeling I'm not even feeling things right now besides misery Mm -hmm. so I think when it comes to mental health this is a really really important topic and there's a lot of fact so many factors that go into mental health but one of them is just first of all recognizing taking stock of yourself where are you I like to rate myself from zero to ten to see what my state is so zero meaning like 
I don't want to live anymore. 10 meaning like this is the best bliss I've ever had. Mm-hmm. Um, and for me, and I've seen therapists use this technique and I've also with my friends who struggle with mental illness, uh, the benefit of just checking in with yourself to see where you are on a mental health place is you can notice trends. So if you're consistently saying you're above a five, then you're living in the neighborhood you want to live in, right? Mm-hmm. But if you're consistently living in a place that's like two to four, because we all visit that neighborhood, right? right. Like we and all we do. often dwell on those times instead of seeing the yeah, really good yeah. times. So there's nothing wrong with like going into the neighborhood of a two, you know, where you're like, this is awful. But we don't want to live there. Mm-hmm. So if you, if you, even on a calendar, like I have a few friends who actually mark it on their calendar. They just write the, you know, before they go to bed at night, like uh, my, my average state today was a five. And you start noticing, I am feeling consistently really, really bad. I need to do something to help myself, whether that's mm-hmm. get professional help or use some of these tools that we're about to tell you that really can help. I see it as taking your medicine. <laughs> Whatever yeah. your medicine is, consistently taking it. So for me and my own mental health, my number one mental health practice is meditation. Hands down. I notice the biggest difference when I'm not consistent on my meditation practice, my state, not immediately, well, a little bit immediately, but then it really starts plummeting after usually about a week of neglecting my meditation practice. And usually when I notice myself getting down for me, it's like if I start dipping down and staying at like a four, I'll notice, wait, what's happening? And I look at my life and I'm like, oh, I've been neglecting my meditation Mm. practice. Because it's that space, it's that coming in, fulfilling myself up with stillness, and God and allowing my brain to have a break that it doesn't even get in sleep. The kind of peace our brain can find during meditation is not the same kind of peace that it finds during sleep. Mm -hmm. And so I've noticed that it affects honestly every aspect of my life, but particularly in my mental health. So that's my number one. We'll post our episode. We have several episodes on meditation, but today what I want to focus on is I think having a formal practice of meditation, setting time aside for it every day is for me, crucial, but then also looking for times during your day to recenter in a meditative state. So for me, that looks like at stoplights, I focus on my breath and I take really deep breaths for the whole stoplight. Or when I'm with my children and I feel my patient skin wearing thin, I close my eyes and count to 10 and take deep breaths. So for me, that looks like going back to my breath throughout the day, throughout the entire day. And Eckhart Tolle in his book, uh, what is it? A new earth. <laughs> he says that somebody came to him once with like a self-help conference, uh, agenda. And they were like, which of these classes should I take? And he was like, well, they all, they look great. I'm sure you're going to learn wonderful things in all of them. But he's like, just so you know, living a year of focusing on your breath in your spare moments is going to do more for you than any of these things. Mm. And I have totally found that to be true for my own mental health. Coming back to my breath at any time, because your brain starts shutting down when we get totally. stressed. And the way to bring it back for me is always coming back to my breath and saying a mantra. So if it's, I find peace is the one I go back to when it's like during the day. Like I'll just, or even literally just in, out, in, out. Or I am here. Like this is where I am. I am here. I am here. I am here. Or if I'm really, I actually use peace now that I'm saying it. I use peace when I'm really stressed. <laughs> it's like, oh, baby, peace, you know. But it's just literally just breathing, closing my eyes. And you can do that in in 10 seconds. You can reset yourself in a really beautiful way. 
And for me, that supplements my formal meditation that happens in the morning. I love that. I love that. I think that is, I've never actually heard of the, like taking a mental like inventory every day, but that is really smart because I think to add to that, I think especially I've noticed with mental health, you almost sometimes don't realize that you're in a bad place until you're there. And then it's like, uh oh, and then it's a, it's a lot harder to get out and much easier to prevent. So Mm -hmm. I like what you said about, I think a lot of times one of the keys that I've noticed with mental health is the preventative, like paying attention and noticing before you get to the depths, because it's a lot easier to like maintain staying out of it. than once you're in it, then getting out. So I think you bring up a really good point there. Yeah. And everybody's individual. Something I really want to folk. I really want to emphasize here on mental health is when I say, take your medicine for some people that is pharmaceutical medicines, right? I mean, whatever your medicine is, Finding what works for you is valuable and there's no shame in whatever your medicine is. My firm belief, though, is that all of us, no matter what kind of medicine we take, there are free, accessible medicines that only require our own minds that all of us, it can supplement whatever other medicines you're taking. So for me, it's, we are talking about meditation, but going outside, sunlight is so good for my mental health. Mm -hmm. Connection with other people who I love and connection with God. Like those are my, those are my medicines. Oh, and also what I put into my body, but we'll talk about that more in physical. Yeah. Yeah. I think there's a few things later on too, that I could definitely add to that sleep being one of them, which I know. But it all goes into mental health, right? Like all of this feeds into mental health. So it's like a, we have a, we all have a shared friend actually who struggles with bipolar depression and he has learned a lot over his life and he actually gives like seminars about it, but he explains mental health as spokes on a wheel and if you let any of the spokes disappear, like you, you neglect yourself physically or you neglect your you know sleep or whatever it is, then your bike wheel is not it's gonna be lopsided and you're gonna fall, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So and I love that kind of image of as we talk today about the different categories of our lives, it does all go back into mental health, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. They all feed into that and they're all spokes on this wheel that we can't just say, I'm just going to meditate and that's it. And that's going to solve it. Right. Mm -hmm. Because if we don't also take care of our bodies, brains are an organ. Yeah. Right. Require the body, you know? Yeah. And Tara Brock talks, she used, she uses a bike wheel in a different metaphor, but she uses it, um, for how meditation works. If we are centered in what's it called? The hub. Mm. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Hub, hub, spokes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. She's like, um, you know, when we have these different, like, spokes where something's pulling our mind, then, like, once you get on it, you get flung to the outside of the wheel and, like, feels out of control. Like, Ooh. but if you can stay centered, then you're more able to, like, kind of have control of them all. Like, it's like that grounding yeah. visual. So the bike, yeah, that's working. That visual yeah. is working. And she uses yeah. meditation as the hub. Yeah. I like that for me because I've always just called it my keystone habit right from other books but I like the hub because yeah it is for me that is where it always starts Mm -hmm. when something's way off I come back to meditation and it's easier for me to focus on everything else even fueling my body even giving like caring for my body it starts still with meditation for me yeah because once I meditate I feel present I feel grateful for my body and it's so much easier for me to give to my body from a place of love and care and even exercise becomes an act of love mm-hmm. for my body 
when I'm centered from meditating. Mm-hmm. So yeah I, yeah, I would agree with Tara. She's Tara, a wise she's woman. So good. So <laughs> wise. So wise. <laughs> um, okay, so yeah, so a couple other practices that, so a practice for me that has withstood the test of time and has really helped me with finding clarity in my mental realm is actually a scripture. So at Second Timothy one seven, it's in the Bible, and I actually I use the term. So I think probably totem. So for anybody who's watched Inception, how they have like a a little totem, they have like a what's it called, the top that they spin. It helps them like tether to reality. Um, that's kind of what I like to use this as. Or so it's like a tether for me or an anchor. And the scripture is, for God hath not given us a spirit of fear but of power and of love and of a sound mind. And for me, who I have had tendencies to be, you know, have anxiety. And so for me, sometimes I have, and I think probably everybody has this to an extent where it's like you have these thoughts and sometimes they're really fearful thoughts or anxious thoughts that keep coming back and they ruminate and it can like keep me from enjoying the present moment. It can keep me from sleeping sometimes because I'm so worried. And sometimes I think what's hard for me is that I have a hard time thinking like, is this fearful thought coming to me because I actually need to be concerned about it because it's God helping, you know, warning me about something or whatever it may be. Or is this actually not helping? Like, is this actually just kind of harming me and like not helping me live in the present or whatever it may be? And um, this scripture is actually something that, I, I kind of like hold things to it. So like almost like hold up an anxious thought in the light of the scripture and think God doesn't give me a spirit of fear, but of power, love and a sound mind. So like if, if this thought is helping me to feel, you know, empowered to act in a certain way, or, you know, I'm feeling a sound, like sound mind while I'm thinking about it, then like that helps me know like, okay, maybe this is like a, like something that causes me concern but I can be empowered to do something about it and like I almost can find a path of action that I can take to be able to address maybe some of that fear or anxiety but sometimes I hold up a thought to that scripture or that light and I'm like no this is not like I'm this is not giving me a sound mind I'm not feeling power I'm just feeling fear and for me it actually like really gives me a ton of mental clarity and almost frees up my mind to be like no 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 this is just a fearful thought that is not serving me and I can almost let it go. So that's actually like a tool that I use quite regularly and it really has helped me to kind of like distinguish between fears that are maybe helpful and serving me and things that maybe are just harming me and just causing me un- undue anxiety. And yeah. yeah, it's been really helpful for me. I love that Jay Shetty and Think Like a Monk talks about um, fears in kind of a similar light. And he, he says, you know, more like Buddhist, um, acknowledgement of fears is, so it's kind of like what you're saying is you don't cling to them because they're temporary. So when you're using that scripture, you're removing it from yourself, like you're detaching Mm -hmm. and that takes away like the power of the fear. So you have more control over how you're viewing it. Exactly. It's not clouding my mind. It's part of me or whatever. Exactly. I love that. I love that it gives you the gift of allowing, because fear can be valuable when it's either our intuition warning us about something or where it's something we should be legitimately afraid of because it's going to hurt us. Right. But I love that because you're allowing, you're still allowing, you're not saying I'm never going to feel fear. You're saying I'm going to acknowledge it and maybe honor it if it is a warning. But by holding up to that light, do you find, because in my life, I find that 
95% of my fears are actually just the kind that are circular and chaotic Mm -hmm. and not helpful. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So I usually just say, okay, well, yeah, I'm fear. Hello. Mm -hmm. (laughs) There you are. But I'm still going to do this in spite of you. You're not driving. Yeah, you're not driving. You got to hop in the back. Brene Brown. (laughs) Yeah, Brene Brown. (laughs) Yeah. We're going to do this speaking gig together, but you can't drive. (laughs) Um, But then there are times where it is like this is an actual fear, either a prompting Mm-hmm. or legitimately like this just is unsafe is that would you say for the most part that most of your fears are the first kind that circular chaotic mm-hmm. you can just put them to the side and keep going yeah and it helps me because what you're saying like it's chaotic in my mind and i think this is not a sound like it's not a sound mind like when i hold it up to that it's like I, my mind is not feeling sound or grounded right now and mm-hmm. again just like almost i think it's what you're saying of just taking time to honor it that's another way of putting it is like I see you. I hear you. Now I'm going to like measure you against this, this anchor that I have. And then I can decide like, nope, this isn't like, yeah, this is just chaotic mm-hmm. and it's not mm-hmm. really. That's healthy. beautiful. And anxiety is something that so many people struggle with. So I'm really glad you gave that tool. Can you say the scripture one more time? Yeah. It's second Timothy one chapter one, verse seven. Okay. Uh, I like it because the nature of anxiety is the circular thought patterns and fear is one of those where it just like almost gets stuck in a loop and you need something to get you out of it. So that scripture is a beautiful derailing, you know, yeah. can take you off those tracks. Yeah. It's beautiful. Yeah. All right. I'm going to share my favorite, um, tool for mental clarity and, and I guess the overarching concept is awareness. Um, for me, reflection and questioning or thinking about, either why I'm I'm stuck down in the neighborhood of a two or just examining a little bit closer what's going on in my life because, you know, we all have a tendency to get, we're pushing, we're fixing, we're doing, and we're not really evaluating why or taking stock of, you know, what circumstances might be causing us to be in that mental loop. And so for me, that is usually journaling. I like the idea of it being meditating but for me journaling works a little better i <laughs> i like I, this idea <laughs> no there's no more value to meditation than there is to journaling, journaling like i've decided of- journaling is kind of a meditative process like mm-hmm. when it's the it stream is. of con- beautiful mm-hmm. consciousness <laughs> that word wasn't coming out right so i love to um julia cameron julia julia right yeah. not julia yeah. Um, she has a practice called morning pages and it's, you know, three handwritten pages of stream of consciousness journaling every day from her book is the artist's way. Uh Yeah. Yeah. The artist's way. And I don't hold it to a certain amount of pages. (laughs) Over much comes out. (laughs) Three pages is a lot, but I like to, I often type it. Sometimes I write it kind of depends on what kind of mood I'm in. But I found that as I just let my mind, you know, clear everything out, that's kind of been weighing on it a lot. um, A lot of things become clear. And I can even sometimes take that time to work through and come to a sort of solution. Or sometimes it's not sometimes it's just you know, brain dump and it's just that release of all those things that have been weighing on me cognitively. So I just think anything you can do to ease your day-to-day mental load makes room for 
that more authentic part of you that is creative and open and loving. Um, and yeah, so journaling really, really helps me with that awareness. Yeah, I love that. I think I, with, for me, I, part of my journaling that I've been doing lately, well, and I was, when I say lately, it's actually been a long time, but I like to, I do that brain dump. I actually have two different journals. I have one that's just like my cathartic journal. That's more of that. It's just like every thought, whether they're good or bad of just nonsense. And then, and I don't, and I plan on burning it because I'd never want anybody to read it ever. It's just like not for posterity or anything. Mm-hmm. And then I have another journal that's a little bit more like thoughtful, less of a brain dump. But it does it. And I love it because I do add my gratitude practice in that journal. And I think it really helps with the mental, like with my mental awareness, because I think about something that I was grateful for yesterday. So it helps me kind of almost like, you know keep my memories of so that I can look back on it but then I also like to so I say something that I'm grateful for that has happened in the past and then also um something like that I'm grateful for in the future like a manifesting Mm -hmm. like with gratitude Mm -hmm. and that's been a really helpful thing in my journaling process that I think has helped like my mental state and I've been doing it for Mm -hmm. like consistently and I think it changes yeah it like helps my me feel better like every day like I notice a difference in my day when I do it and I think when I miss it like I I can feel that yeah Mm -hmm. and oh sorry I was just gonna say if you guys want something more guided our our planner does have not only like planning for the day but it has like a gratitude practice for the end of the day and also kind of a a little bit of a brain dump assessment awareness Mm -hmm. for your day like morning time the questions, the journal prompts in our journal that we sell at findthemagic.co are, for me, super... I mean, they give me so much clarity every single day. So I, I agree with that 100%. If you want a blueprint for journaling that is helpful, it's fabulous. And can I also just give one little tip with journaling that I have just recently discovered? When I say recently, maybe the last year. And that is what Caitlin was just saying about some things when you write, you really you need to know that nobody's going to read it. For you to be able to write freely, say if you're really mad at, you know, you're working through some stuff with somebody and you don't want, like, anybody to come across it, sometimes it's too much effort for me to think, like, oh, I gotta tear this up or whatever. So, you know what I found? I'll just be doing my free write, and all of a sudden I'm like, ooh, I'm feeling this strong. But, uh, yeah, I I don't want this to be, like, I want to be able to write freely without people reading it. You can write, I'll write three lines and then go back three lines up and you just write over yourself oh and then it look it's cool because you just have so you're just you've just written over yourself over and over and over in infinitely infinitely mm. infinitely infinitely I mean, <laughs> <laughs> wrong syllable accentuation there but it's really fun because then you can just really say whatever you want so some so if you look at some of my free writes or my morning pages, it'll just be like going along, going along, going along. And then you can also tell like, oh, wow, I just hit a chord and I want this to be just for me. But I still want, there's power in having your hand write it out. Mm-hmm. So then there'll just be three lines that have been written over five times mm. and they can just keep going. Yeah, and there's cool. no ripping up or burning needed. Yes. So I like that because sometimes it is hard to separate. Like if you're writing something good, but then you get into something yeah. that you're really not. So just write over the same line or just one line. You know, if it's just a few sentences, you just write over the same line. Once you've written over it three times, you cannot read it. Yeah. <laughs> so Okay, that's cool. Yeah. I like it. Yep. I like that too. All right, let's move into physical. And I'm going to preface this with, for me, um, physical is um, solely based on 
like energy and feeling like I have like that wellness, that daily function every single day. So if you're looking for like a classic, like physical, like getting into better shape type advice, this is not going to be mm-hmm. the episode for you. But that's not really us anyway. So. Right. So if you're here, you know that. Okay, good. All right. So energy. <laughs> So for me, I love to switch my mindset and think of my days in in terms of energy instead of time. I think time can feel really uh, constricting and when you have little kids, time is just sort of like a blur anyways and you think you're going to take this amount of time to do something and it doesn't really work. Oh, so true. <laughs> So Wait, for- what? That happens to you guys? <laughs> that never happens to me. <laughs> oh, gosh. It's like the story of my life. Oh, my gosh. It's crazy. So if I think about it in energy, I feel like I have more control or the ability to affect it than I do time. Because yeah. time just is. <laughs> and so um, focusing on my energy. So that's going to be, you know, am I getting enough sleep? Am I, I know that, you know, from two to three, that's when I'm really tired. So am I scheduling in? A little nap, a little resetting ritual that's going to help me have the energy I need to make dinner. Um, And so, you know, sleep, we don't need to go much more into that. Besides, I like to think of sleep as respecting myself. Mm -hmm. And if if I'm putting other things in front of it, then I'm just really not having a lot of self-respect. At least I know that about myself. I need a certain amount (laughs) and I will get cranky and yeah all the things. Mm-hmm. And something to note there is that almost all adults need between seven and nine hours of sleep. Yeah. So I wish I could remember the book, but one of the books we've read, he talks about how, oh, oh, it was the sleep, um, the blue box guy who we interviewed Oh yeah, yeah. about blue light and sleep, which we can link that episode about sleep. He has so much research about sleep, but he said that most, almost nobody can get less than that and still function well. I mean, there is like a, it's like 0.0000001% of the population who can function well on less than seven hours. So just, if you're listening to this, just, you're probably not one of those people. Like, you know right, what I mean? Like right. the chances, there's a lot of people out there who claim like, oh yeah, I do great on five, but right. it's probably, really? think how much better you'd be doing if you're getting at least seven. Totally. And that number is different for everybody. But for me, that was like, almost like gave me a relief of like you know what i'm not gonna try there's nothing aspirational about being one of those people so let's just set aside the time yeah how that looks as parents is you're just setting aside the time and then also knowing that you can't do anything in the middle for if your kid wakes up sick or whatever you know what i mean but you're still respecting yourself to give yourself the time for it yes Mm -hmm. yes as i say that i need to do this this is Mm. this it's hard though it is hard. hard with kids this is the thing my body asks for the most sleep when i ask my body which i know it sounds silly I don't know if we've talked about this before, but I like to ask my body, what is it that you need? And it is amazing. Thoughts come in. I have never, now that I've started doing this practice, I've never not had an answer come to my mind. Like my body has stuff to say. And the thing that it asks for the most when I say, what is it you need for me to take care of you? Because my body does so much. I want to take care of it. I only have this one. Sleep and water are the two things that come up the most for me. Because, but sleep is the hardest of the two. Yeah. Well, and that's probably the main thing for me in, again, going back to the mental health thing, if I'm not consistently, you know, because we all have, especially with kids, there's just certain things where you can't control it. But it's like, if, if I'm consistently getting not great quality sleep, that is the biggest, I notice such a pull on my every, every other part of my emotions, everything. So, and it starts at the top. Like, I think 
but it, it is. It's hard to go to bed at a good hour because I think, at least for me, it's like once the kids go to bed, it's like this is my this is time. Fun. You know yeah. what I mean? Like this is my time to like really enjoy. And so it's having that willpower to be like, I am giving this gift to myself now though by yeah. setting a time. Yeah, something that's really helped me with that, again, is Cameron. Having Cameron on board with it, because it's so hard if he is going to stay up and do something, I just want yes. so badly to yes. do <laughs> to do it, because I'm like, oh, yeah, like, let's do it. Because I also do have, like, a certain energy at night that I think I don't have at other times of the day that I'm like, yeah, right. like, I'm ready to party. So it's been good. I think I talked to him about that, and I was like, man, like, I just... And so he's so sweet, because he has also, like jumped on board with me of like helping me go to bed earlier and it does it helps because then it's like man I have my energy in every other facet of my life is so much better when I do give that gift to myself yeah yeah and it's a circle so if you have a good you know like evening routine whatever that looks like for you and for me I like to kind of reflect on the next day and then it's almost like a circle like I'm giving myself the gift of going to sleep so I can wake up and have another practice that I think is super important for our physical, mm-hmm. our mental, all the things, a good morning time, um, where I can, yeah, get in a little workout. I can even have a few minutes to drink those extra glasses of water and write in my journal for my mental health. All of those things, it like comes full circle. So then when you get in like that, um, loop where you're at a deficit, it's really hard to mm-hmm. dig out of it. Yeah. So, um, the last thing that I want to share in physical is stress, just being aware of your stress. And I think everything in physical health, health comes like it boils down to when we have something that's really, you know, maybe we're holding on to extra weight or, you know, our body's feeling really run down or we keep getting injured. I think a lot of these things come like we can find a root cause in some sort of stress and all of these practices that we're sharing meditation journaling getting more sleep all of those will help with stress but I think just the awareness of is my plate too full um and what can I you know take off of that I don't I think it's just as simple as that but oftentimes there's a lot of things that we in our mind have to do like we have a lot of have to do things in our day but if if it's causing us so much stress that like our body's shutting down or whatever then just we need to reevaluate that because yeah. this is not good yeah i agree and the something i would like to add to the concept of physical health is when it comes to i mean you guys know us we're not <laughs> like i'm not going to give you a workout <laughs> and say this is the workout that's the one for you or give you a diet plan because for us here, I mean, we don't really like diet culture isn't part of our philosophy at all, nor is exercising to force your body to look a certain way because that's what matters to us. I think I can speak for all three of us health with it. When it comes to our bodies comes from a place of caring for our bodies. And I think if you're doing it from a place of love, then Yes, a byproduct might be that you look really fit, but for me, that's always a byproduct. That's not the motivation. I I really love the idea of when I move my body. In one of our books, which one was it? Where he, he talks about habits, and he calls exercise energy management. That's actually yes. what he calls it. Yes. I can't remember which book it is, but 
he and I love that idea that like when when we take time to exercise our bodies and move our bodies however that looks for you you are giving yourself energy. I mean, there is so much research out there that explains it. So instead of giving you like a, ooh, do this, this, and this, I would say find something that works for you. There's so many exercises out there. You can find something, everybody can find something that they like, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, you guys know I love yoga and aerials and acrobatic stuff, and it lights my fire, and I love it. And also using my body and caring for my body. But for other people, that might look like biking. For some people, that might look look like a seven minute workout, which I used for years when I had little tiny babies. That was my workout. Seven minute app workout. It's seven minutes long. Mm-hmm. So or it could be taking a walk around the block with your kids. Like it doesn't it doesn't have to look any certain way. It's just the idea of moving your body but from a space of care, not from a space of punishing. Mm-hmm. Not like a I ate cookies last night and therefore I have to punish myself by running five miles. That's not a healthy mm-hmm. that's not coming from a space of love at all. So I would say Honestly, just looking at how we talk to our bodies and are we caring for them? Are we exercising them from a place of love? And the same thing goes with food. I mean, my only rule with food is be mindful while you eat it. (laughs) And Mm -hmm. I think if you're being mindful about it and truly doing it from a place of love and care, our bodies are so brilliant and they tell us what feels good. Mm -hmm. And I mean, spoiler alert, it isn't eating a Big Mac for every meal because it doesn't feel good inside of us, right? Mm-hmm. I didn't mean to name a specific brand there. Mm-hmm. I'm not trying to villainize <laughs> any food because I don't believe in villainizing food. But what I'm saying is when you come at it from a space of mindfulness and from love, I actually think that's the key, one of the keys to helping our bodies be healthy. And um, the, the one of the founders of Lifebook, his name's John Butcher. Him and his wife founded uh, an amazing company called Lifebook. I took a class from them once and I, something that he said really stuck with me. And he said, I mean, he, if you look at pictures of him, he doesn't look like he's aged (laughs) at all, him and his wife, but I mean, he's really fit and healthy. And he just said, what I do is I found what my body needs for food, right? What is the best way to eat for my body? Because obviously all of our bodies are different. So anybody who says this is the only way, (laughs) you know, all of our bodies are different. So you find what works for you and then you just do it for decades and you might tweak it here or there, but you just do it over and over and you're consistent. Mm -hmm. And same thing with exercise. You find an exercise that works for you, that lights your fire. And yeah, it might change over time, but you get it in your brain of, I'm just going to do this for decades, right? And something about when he said that, it changed, this was a couple years ago, it changed my mindset of, I don't have to find a new workout every week. Mm -hmm. I find something that I like and I can just do it for years. And if my body tells me that that isn't working for me anymore, then I can shift. But it shift. It just changed my outlook of. It isn't this like roller coaster of. I do this really hard for a couple of weeks and then I stop for months and then I do it really hard. No, all of it. It's just we're looking at the long term here. We have this one body. How can we care for it? And those are just a few little tips. But it all centers on, for me, love, awareness, mindfulness, and looking at it from a space of energy and how do I feel? Yeah, and thinking of it in terms of care and not trying to change or like force your body to be something different but how can i love my body and care for it i think is a really good question because if we do it from a place of fear or as we despise our bodies that kind of motivation doesn't last by nature right just like when we talk about motivating our children by fear it gets us short-term results but that kind of stuff doesn't give our children long-term results. So it doesn't mm-hmm. give us long-term results either. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'd like to add with that, that I think we've talked, we've talked about sleep with our you know, physical well-being as well as 
you know, some sort of exercise practice that also helps with our physical well-being. But I also think there's a few other things, um, like what we put into our bodies we've mentioned, but things that even just like give our bodies love in a way. So like a hot bath is something that gives our body, it's a physical thing that can help us. So that's just one example. But again, going back to ask, I love that thought of a timeless practice is asking yourself, what does my body need Mm. and how can I show it love? Like that's a question that anybody can ask and it might be different for every single person, but Mm -hmm. something as simple as I'm going to take a hot bath is giving yourself maybe exactly what your body needs. Uh-huh. So I take a hot bath every single morning. It's part of my non-negotiable. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's a, for me. It's, it's a delightful. physical and a mental practice. Yeah, and something that inspires me when I see really health. When I say healthy, I'm not talking about because I really believe in Beauty Redefined's mantra of our bodies are not ornaments; they're instruments. So when we try to squeeze our bodies into whatever the beauty ideal is, it's not healthy for any of us. So. This is not about how we look here at all. But I'm talking about when I come across people who are 80, 90, 100, who are really, when I say healthy, I mean they can still live the life they want to live. That's what I mean by health. Mm -hmm. Being able to use my body as a tool to experience life is for me health and not be limited by, you know, disease Mm -hmm. or whatever. Oftentimes when I talk to them, they've had practices that have lasted decades and decades. Like... Like one of my old neighbors, he used to hike up this really steep hill in the mountains every day for mm-hmm. years, right? Or, and a lot of times it is walking, but like, I mean, I know older people who for like 20 years have walked every day for, you know, 10 miles a day. And it's, that sounds excessive as I say that. I don't even know how long they're walking, but you know what I mean? Like they'll go yeah. for an hour walk every day and it's part of their mm-hmm. practice and it's mental and it's physical. Or the same tea with their cream of wheat, with their blueberries <laughs> mm-hmm. every morning, every yeah, morning. Ev- yeah. It's just this consistency from a space of this is this the practice. Like this is my practice, not mm-hmm. this is my sprint that I'm doing and then I'm not going to do anything for yeah. a decade. Yeah. You know? Yeah, totally. Yeah, for sure. I have also heard of studies of people who live the very longest. I'm it's, not sure I understand. Oh, sorry, oh, Siri. Siri. <laughs> <laughs> There's no rhyme or reason, really. It's not like any of them are exactly the same in any sort of way. It's just the consistency of what works for them. All right, so we're going to move on to spiritual. The spiritual connects a lot with mental. For us, honestly, that connection to God, the divine, something bigger than us is, um, you know, where a lot of our mental practices come from so we've we have touched on you know journaling meditation those are all going to enhance your spiritual connection um i also wanted to share that um oftentimes with our life we we want to know where you know what is our most authentic path and i think we seek to find what that is outside of ourselves a lot and there is a, a myth that God asks ask these different animals, where should I hide myself from humans? Like, where should I, you know, have them find me? And, you know, one animal says, like, in the mountains or at the bottom of the ocean, that will be the hardest place. And a, a mole who's blind comes up and says, hide it in them. They'll never find you inside of them. Like, that will be the hardest place. And I just love that metaphor for the soul and for God, um, that 
yeah, oftentimes and most of the time we're looking outside ourselves for validation or what our life should look like when really the answer to that is inside. Suman Kids says to ask what lies at the bottom of my heart or at your heart. And I think that's a question that we often neglect. The -hmm. world tells us that a mom should look a certain way or a woman should look a certain way or a father, whatever. But are you, are you seeking to connect with your soul, which is connected to God? Um, so that's my favorite spiritual practice is finding my authenticity through that question. Mm, That's a beautiful question. I think my favorite way to connect with God besides doing my my religious spiritual practice, not being outside, I feel connected to God. But the place I find probably the most connection with God is after I meditate, that's when I do my journaling. So for me, journaling is a really spiritual practice, which Felicia already really fleshed journaling out for us in the mental section, but they are so connected. For me, that's actually where I ask questions to God and I wait for the answer. And so journaling for me is like a really, I mean, it's like praying. It's how I I pray. And then I write down, it's almost for me like meditation is the prayer where I'm getting myself in a place where I can hear. And then when I write after and pray, then I feel like I can hear God inside of myself. And this, it's bringing to mind another important for me, what feels like a truth. And that is on Christmas Eve, we always read the book, You Are Special by Max Lucado. I don't know how to say his name, but it's about these little wooden people. They're like little, I don't know, little wooden people who are made by this creator named Eli. And people put dots and stars on each other all day long and they stick or stick. And the main character comes across this other wooden person who has no stickers or dots on her and she just radiates of course because she doesn't have any of those things on her and how she does it is he asks her how she does that why don't the stickers stick to her and it's because she visits her maker every single day and so i know that within the sound of our voice i mean we have listeners from all different kinds of spiritual practice so obviously apply this to however it looks for you but I have noticed that when I get I start getting caught up in comparison and image based anxiety and all those kinds of things where I'm thinking you know I'm looking at everybody else thinking everybody's doing it better than me and I get caught up in that it's a it's an anxious feeling it's circular it's chaotic kind of what Kaylin was talking but for me it's it's angsty (laughs) that's what it is Mm -hmm. right if I can spend time with God, that for me, all that stuff is so much easier to let it fall off me Mm -hmm. and just live my true authentic self, which ironically, I end up doing the best things and living to my fullest capacity when I'm aligning with that anyway. So it's ironic because I actually end up doing better stuff when I do that, but it's not from a place of I'm trying to look good for other people. It's because that's who I want to that's what matters to me because I am connecting with God. So for me, that spiritual practice is where it kind of all comes down to letting all those other things fall away. The mm-hmm. com- Cause I think we live in a world of such comparison and I have to say, you guys might hear <laughs> some, some background sound. We are recording in Felicia's basement and I think her kids have woken up. So, just woken. so anytime you hear cute little things above us, it's just <laughs> evidence that we are mothers and yes. we live with children. So it's true. Um, I wanted to add to that because I love, I think, 
when we connect with God, we, we are able to live our best selves and like be at our highest place when we are really able to connect. And, um, you mentioned like using journaling as a practice to kind of like as a prayer practice. Um, I also sometimes like if I'm able to do a walk, I sometimes think of that as like a way, like a time to pray to God, but then obviously just like setting time to just kneel and pray to God. Mm -hmm. So I love all of those things. I feel like I've, I've used all of them and I feel like they're all great ways for someone who's thinking like, okay, I, I would like to connect better with God. What are maybe some ways to do it? Those are a few ways, like being able to write it. Sometimes writing it helps me stay focused because sometimes when I'm praying, just like kneeling, my mind starts to wander and I'm like, what am I been yeah, thinking, what am I even thinking about? But yeah. when I write it, it almost keeps me focused and engaged the whole time. And I feel like I've had some really beautiful prayers and conversations with my Heavenly Father as I write them out. And I feel like I'm able to actually like almost be a little more sincere and engaged when I do that. So that's been yeah, really helpful. I agree. All right. So the last little bucket we're going to talk about is outward circumstances. This is going to be your job, friends, family. Um, we are impacted by the people in our life, obviously, all the time. Um, and so I'm going to share my first little tip for having um, good, healthy, outward circumstances. And... That would be to really examine and express your expectations and work those out with the people that you interact with. Um, also, I like to remember in my mind that should is a naughty word, so stop shoulding. Mm. So <laughs> all of our, all of these unmet or unexamined expectations require so much um, emotional bandwidth. So we're, we're doing when we are doing stuff because we think we should, and we haven't set a boundary or, um, looked at an expectation around something. It is so exhausting. Uh, I think it's Brene Brown that says boundaries are the distance at which I can love you and I simultaneously. Is it? Oh, I don't it know, sounds, but I do love that. I feel like it's her. It yeah. sounds great. <laughs> so it must be. Yes. But, um, so just thinking of that, if I can love you and me simultaneously, simultaneously, that means that I have set a healthy, examined, and expressed expectation. I'm not doing something because I think I should. You aren't also. So just getting really clear in this new year around, you know that feeling, you're all annoyed, you're all frustrated because you're doing something that you think you should, but you haven't chosen it or examined it. Um, just really get clear on those things because that has helped me so much in situations where I've been really frustrated and I realize no one's making me do this. Like mm -hmm. I'm just saying I should do this. So get clear on those boundaries would be my first tip. Mm -hmm. And my main tip on this area is service. So we have lots of we've talked a lot in our on our podcast about giving from a place of wholeness that we don't want to give from a place of emptiness where we're just serving 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 but never finding fulfillment at all ourselves because we just feel empty um but we also don't want to be on the other end where we're just being selfish all the time so for me serving is a place where we can find so much meaning in the outward circumstances of our life and it also aligns it helps us center, kind of like the dots falling off I was just talking about, talking with God. When we do service, it also makes all the little petty circumstances in our life not even matter anymore. You know, it's difficult to get so caught up in our own 
self-pity when we're serving somebody outside of ourselves. So Gandhi said that service, which is rendered without joy, helps neither the servant nor the served. Now, I hate to disagree with Gandhi, but I would actually say there's still some good. But I mean, the people who you're serving can feel it when you're not when you're not feeling joy about it. And yeah, it definitely makes you feel resentful. So that's that, like you're just empty giving. But then this next line is one of my favorites. It says, but all other pleasures pale into nothingness before service, which is rendered in the spirit of joy. I think if we can do the things that are taking care of ourselves, filling ourselves up spiritually, physically, and mentally, it is so, there's so much meaning and purpose in then rendering from a space of fullness and joy other people. So that could look like when I was a teenager, I went to Africa on a humanitarian trip and they, I love something that they did. They didn't just take us on the trip. We had to volunteer hundred hours of service in the year leading up and 50 of it had to be in one place because their whole point was service isn't just one big act. Service is relationships and being consistent finding the actual joy in service and it made me love service so much I until well until probably until I had well it was probably a couple years before I had kids I actually did volunteer regularly at places because I found so much joy from it and now that I have little kids most of my service is just rendered at home but and that service counts as well Mother Teresa said if you want to change the world go home and love your family there is beautiful service just to be rendered in the walls of our own home. But I think finding joy in that service is one for me of the biggest values in changing our outward circumstance, just that spirit of generosity and serving others. I love that. All right. I think that's a beautiful place to end on this um, almost new year. We hope that you guys found some timeless traditions that you can take into your own life. All right, let's find the magic. If you are looking for a great gift for yourself or somebody that you care about, consider getting them a Find the Magic journal. It is a journal that each of us use daily that helps us with questions in the morning that it asks you and that you do a little bit of journaling to help you focus on what's important for the day and really make steps each day towards your goals. And then it also has a section to plan out your day so that things don't slip away from you. And there's even a section for you to reflect at the end of the day. And I have found that as I've used it, it's been so powerful for me in really living my life in an intentional way. So if you'd like a journal, just go to findthemagic.co and click on the top link that says FTM journal. So again, that's findthemagic.co and just click on FTM journal. Thanks so much. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey everyone, Caitlin here. I just want to thank you all for listening to Find the Magic. We are so, so thankful for you, our amazing listeners, and we think of you as some of our best friends. This was a review that I read recently that I absolutely loved. It said, 
the only podcast I religiously listen to. This podcast saved my motherhood. I listen doing laundry, walking, making dinner, sneaking those AirPods in so no one bothers me wherever I can. The mamas are like having coffee with best friends. And can I just insert here? I love this. Amen. They keep it so real. And during the pandemic, bless you girls, this time is so challenging. Sometimes I feel like I am barely getting by, but they make me laugh because they remind you that everyone is going through this thing called life and motherhood even now. Hugs and love from MJ. I just absolutely love this review and these reviews mean the world to us and we read every single one of them. So not only do they mean so much to us, but they actually really do help us here at Find the Magic. So I want to invite you guys, if you haven't already left a review for the podcast, we would love for you to because it truly does help us grow the podcast. And we just want to thank you, all our friends, for listening and for being here with us. Brown cows. <laughs> <laughs>